Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. This is the Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 156. I'm Russ, and here with me are Aaron, Craig, and Jim. Hello, hello. Hi. Ain't nobody clocking out today. No, sir. (laughs) Bite, chew, swallow, repeat. Yes. Not allowed. No nibbles. No. Nibble on that. Yes. (laughs) As we mentioned last time, Jordan is on Walkabout, and uh, he actually sent in a message. Uh, So I think at the end of this episode, but before we get to a blooper section, we will hear from Mr. From Jersey and what he's up to so people can... Uh, not panic and think he was bitten and we had to, you know, chop his hand off and then, you know, put him out of his misery. He's uh, he's well and good, uh, just away. Now he's on walkabout. Does he have a W on his forehead or no? Is he just... Uh... I was going to say, is he one of the wolves? Yeah. He didn't send video, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. I'd like to think that he's has, like, a big backpack on and a giant walking stick and he's just... <laughs> <laughs> and like a like a bandana, and, he, and he's just slowly making his way across the. It's like Forrest Gump, except instead of like running with a big beard, he's just walking very slowly and sweating profusely. That's that's the, that's the version I, I think. <laughs> Wishing him well. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's great. Looking looking for a signal for his cell phone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about No Way Out, the season six, episode nine premiere part two premiere of the walking dead directed by mr greg nicotero which aired last sunday now i was not able to find any overnight ratings i was seeing a bunch of overnights from television stuff but i couldn't find anything for the walking dead i looked at tv by the numbers uh and scoured the googles and couldn't find anything and normally maybe it's because of the holiday today yeah uh, but the normally are off today yeah, normally the overnights are out. So I, I don't know if you, any of you guys, Aaron, maybe have have you heard anything about the overnights? What the ratings are looking? I that's a that's such a Jordan thing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume people watched it. It's The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair let's enough. See, hold on. Let's see. I think Deadline has something. Let me let me see here. Uh, yeah, sometimes it takes a day or two because they have the, what the plus threes and the, all that stuff to file in, but. Uh... It, it yeah, was, usually we get, was, like, a rough overnight, though. It, it That's true. Like, there it usually like, is. It seems like the perfect Valentine's Day show. So, you know, I'd be surprised if it was, uh, you know, that slowly. Let's see here. Sure. Um, I think you know, Oddly enough, something. talking about Valentine's Day, Hallmark had e-cards for The Walking Dead. I was tempted to send one for, for Valentine's Day for my honey, but I didn't I didn't do it. But awesome. I probably should have. Yeah. Let's see. I think I got something here. <laughs> There's nothing, like, specific. Deadline's terrible at this, apparently. They ha- they just say, like, Walking Dead got numbers. Like, I don't see anything specific. <laughs> they <laughs> had ratings. On, 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 TV, on TV by the numbers, they have all the ratings for the major networks, but they're just talking about how The Walking Dead impacted them, but they don't say how yeah. much or, yeah. or any metric. <laughs> this is, oh, it made for soft numbers. I'm like, okay, what are those yeah, numbers? Right. Yeah, so maybe next week we'll 
circle back on that and and figure out what's going on. But uh, but again, like I said, today's President's Day as we record this, so more than likely the holiday had some play into that. Another holiday where The Walking Dead easily factors in. The, the Walking Dead, guys, I mean, you can yes. just watch this show with any holiday. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Labor Day. Come on, the main guy is Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, perfect. Hello. Sure. Sure. Andrew, Andrew Garth, Andrew, Andrew Jackson, or Clutterbuck, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, any, any, any works. It's all, to get, it's all connected. Abraham <laughs> Ford. There, yeah, yeah, there you go. Abraham, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, holy explosion, guys. The episode starts with this. In, it was. I will give it serious props. That was some tension building because, you know, they, they give up their stuff. So it's pretty much a pickup of the, the tag scene that some people saw, some people didn't see. Depending on where your DVR was and what was <laughs> going on, they, they put it online to show. Uh, but we kind of start right there. And some of Negan's men, man, it still feels so weird saying Negan. I've been saying Negan forever. Um, it's, it's canon now. It's Negan. You it, have, it, you have it, to yes, say it that I way. will. Yeah. I will abide. See, I was. I agree with Russ. I always thought it rhymed with Megan. Sure. You know Negan. Sure. So I always said Negan. I don't know where yeah. Negan came from. <laughs> That's me. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Maybe because there's my no... sister's name is Megan. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That's maybe why I got it. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I have no complaints. Sure, sure, sure. But they. You know they want their their stuff, and there's just this incredibly tense moment where uh, they send one of their guys to the back of the truck to to get with Daryl to get the rest of the stuff, which is probably a mistake. Although uh, I think any of those three were capable of taking down anybody pretty much one on one, but we're left with um, with Sasha and Abraham confronting these guys, and it's it's just super tense because. You know, they keep talking about how, well, they normally just start by killing somebody and then they say they're not. And then this whole time you're just like, man, are, are we losing one of these two? And I was I, I was ho- I was really hoping not. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. And we're just waiting and waiting. And then right when it's about to, to kind of hit the crescendo, everybody explodes. Uh <laughs> Some people thought it was funny. I, I know, Aaron, you'll, you'll have your, your to talk. Uh, to me, I was just, I was not expecting it. So it completely took me by surprise and completely blew me away. And I thought that was the most awesome thing ever. Like when you kill people with a, with a rocket launcher, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So not in real life, yeah. but in, you know, in, in TV. In it's real not life, something it's you see very often either. And it was really interesting, this brand of tension uh, versus the brand of tension in Alexandria kind of playing off one another. Like you said, this is a very tense scene, but without a whole lot actually going on until, you know, they're kind of just intimidating one another. And then finally, you know, like you said, the tension gets cut with the rocket launcher <laughs> um, in, in the, you know, the biggest way possible. So, I mean, this kind of tension versus what's going on in Alexandria, I thought was an interesting, you know, um, contrast. I should, uh, I should start things off by saying that I, I think this episode is incredibly silly. Um, for a number of reasons that we'll get to as we talk about it. I do like it. I do think it's a very fun episode of The Walking Dead. I mean, as supposedly serious as we may be supposed to be taking certain things that happen, I do think there's a lot of ridiculous things. And this is probably the most ridiculous moment of the episode. That doesn't mean that oh, yeah. doesn't mean that it's not entertaining. I, I agree, completely agree with Russ. It's very tense. And I honestly would not have been surprised if we like lost Sasha or Abraham. Probably Sasha. If I had to like guess between these three people, I was thinking, well, if they're going to kill somebody right now, 
probably kill Sasha. I don't I don't see what other arc she has that she can really go through. It's like I can see why they would do that. And of course she's black. Mm-hmm. But regardless, um it uh, <laughs> 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 I, the the Didn't we have a whole podcast about that? We're going yes, back to yeah, that. We, we don't need to go back there. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um the I, I uh, yeah, I totally get what you're saying cuz like the resolution is almost out of like Monty Python. Yeah. You know, it's like now the Negan's men will explode. It's like yeah, it's like an animated foot from Terry Gilliam's hand just dropped on them. Exactly. Like that's what happened. But exactly. it's yeah. I mean, I I just I guess that Negan's crew were really into the conversation they were having because none of them like noticed mere feet away that Daryl had killed the man behind the. Okay, so he's behind the truck. Yeah. Fair enough. But then he somehow got the rocket launcher very silently, climbed on top of the truck that they're all you know kind of standing in front of and then shot got shot over rocket launcher it's well he was on the side of it i don't think he was clamped on top of it fair enough okay to the left of it wasn't he these men that are incredibly on their guard on motorcycles (laughs) with guns cocked did not notice this random guy on the side of them that was like aiming a rocket launcher at their face it it was a very it was a very like stallone schwarzenegger (laughs) type moment i will give you that like it very much like if this would have happened in rambo or cobra or the, or Predator or True Lies, it would have felt like right at home. Well, and it, it even had the catch. It had the, even had the catchphrase. You know, well, Abraham said it right like when he's talking yeah. about how to how to eat yeah. crap, and he's like, you know, and he's like, you know, nibble on this, yeah. nibble on it, that. Yeah, it's the kind of thing. Just like it, just like a Schwarzenegger movie. Like, like Daryl's proven himself. He's like the ultimate like David versus Goliath. Like because as we all recall, he he killed a tank once. So like <laughs> yes, every, he did. Yes, he did. Every, oh, yeah. every time Daryl like gets away with something, this shouldn't be surprising. This should just be like, well, the writers just gave us another Daryl like he pulled a Daryl like that's that we should coin this phrase right now he just pulled a Daryl like you know he killed something bigger than him that's just what he does it's it's hilarious to me I mean it's still like it doesn't ruin the scene I think it's a great way to if there's a I'd rather you know see this ridiculous fun entertaining ending than you know lose a major character I mean that's more satisfying I guess to some degree but it it does three it doesn't escape the fact that it is you know ridiculous when you say Daryl killed a bunch of guys on motorcycles with an RPG Yes. Yeah. So what's next? He kills a helicopter with a car? <laughs> He's out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this was, you know, I know what you're saying. I hear where you're coming from, Aaron. It's ridiculous and all. But I think maybe the writers are playing with us a bit because they they know that we know that Negan's presence and his group and what's going to happen with Negan is out there in the world. So they, they, and they even set, it up, set us up for it you know, uh, before the end of the last half of the season that, okay, we're now encountering Negan's group. Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham are in big trouble. So maybe this was just say, uh-uh, gotcha. You're not going to see Negan yet. You're going to see him later on, but not, not right away. And it kind of was like playing with us a little bit. But I, I did love it, and, and actually, I like that actor. I looked up his name. His name is Christopher Berry, who played the, the main henchman who was talking and interrogating the, the group, and I thought he was really good. I, I was kind of sad to see him get blown up. I wanted to see more of him, but I guess that's that's quite a, the end of him, at least in The Walking Dead is concerned. But Abraham also said, just like he said, who's Deanna? He wrote, he said, who's Negan? So he's like this, this who thing. He keeps saying that. He's a, he's a real guesser. <laughs> a real question, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was. It was. I thought it was pretty smart though for them to have that almost slapstick move to kind of undercut everything that's been going on, like up through the season finale and stuff. You know well, it's I mean? funny because, and I wrote this in my my written review, which you can find at theyoungfolks.com, dot com, where I describe it as a. It does remind you that this is a show based off a comic book. That said, the Walking Dead comic rarely goes this cartoony with its violence. <laughs> like it's pretty, sure. it's pretty serious in that in the in the graphic novel medium form of this. I will give it this, though. I, there was really no other way to resolve that. Like, 
we've seen other times where somebody makes a move and can and can do something quick. There's really, I mean, because there were what like twelve guys or something like that. Yeah. They all had automatic yeah. weapons. There's, yeah. There was really no other way, which which kind of made it to me. That's what made it so cool. Is um, you know, it just makes you wonder, like from a plotting perspective, was this the whole point of the of the rocket launcher from from the go? Like, did they purposely did they have this in mind when they did that, or did they do that and then you know when they got to this point in the in the script they were like, hey, I know a way we could use this rocket launcher. I mean, I, I'd be curious to see, like in the writers' room, like how that evolved if if they were you know the, if the chess game was thought of that far in, if, in advance. If this was like season two, I'd say. I, I'd say maybe they did write themselves in a corner and try to figure themselves out from there. But at the at this stage of the show, I'm pretty sure Gimple knew what he was doing. He's like, give him a rocket launcher and you know have Daryl use it at some point, and we'll you know go for it. Like it. And the other way it could have went was you know the 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 characters were kidnapped by this group and taken back to Negan's camp, and then Rick has to now embark on looking for them. And we we've seen that before. We've seen that with Woodbury and all that. So I'm glad that this is just now tabled. These guys are all kaput, and then we're moving on to the next thing, and we'll, we'll deal with Negan later. Last thing before we move on, because we've been talking about this intro, but um, obviously there's only one other solution they could have had besides an RPG. They all, you know, Abraham, Sasha, and Daryl, they all hurriedly climb underneath a dumpster and then just wait for them to walk away. Sure, yeah, yeah that's legit. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see a dumpster in that scene. I yeah. think, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> And take their oh, names out of the credits for a few no. weeks too, just to you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. measure. Yeah. Right. The only other thing I was thinking that may have happened is like either Negan calls that group or showed up himself and, and you know took them in or something like that. Like there was, uh, you, you know that that was the s- solution. So uh, you know, I, I just I didn't think you know there was any you know honestly I didn't I've totally forgot about the rocket launcher, so I didn't think there was any way these guys would be able to kind of shoot their way out of it. So. Uh, so again, yeah. I, I was curious if you guys forgot about the rocket launcher because the the only thing with the second they asked what else you got the second that's the second that's the second I thought oh well they have a rocket launcher in the fuel truck somewhere like I remember that like that's that yeah I totally forgot because that was the only I was like well what else do they have I guess they have a rocket launcher and I don't like fuel I guess I don't I don't know what else is there. <laughs> yeah yeah anyway <laughs> what else is going on in the show so we cut back to Alexandria and one of the things that I thought was kind of cool with this whole thing is it was all music and no sound effects. Like I noted nobody, that. I noted yeah. that right in my notes. No sound, just music I wrote yeah, there. Yep. Yeah, no no you know, breathing, no no funky noises, no no foley, no nothing. Just just music and and then kind of this tension of them walking through, which I guess makes sense because probably in their own heads they're you know it's almost kinda like one of those moments where you know, time almost stops uh that you have in your life as they're going through this. Uh, and and they you know kind of kind of keep going. Uh, it's going very through. cinematic, I want to say. And, sure. and Bear McCreary's music really stands up. So it, it sure a, a good sound editor or a good editor can kind of dial back the noise and just let the music breathe a bit, and it adds a cinematic flair to it. And it was actually done towards the end of the episode as well. It's kind of bookended. The music, the, the sound effects faded away, and the music really came up. And that's just credit to Bear McCreary and great sound editing. It calls sure. it called to mind a little more of the co- the comic-y stuff that I was re- referencing too, but more in a more um, in a way that kind of bridges the gap between comic and, and cinema, where you have a lot of shots of like individual shots of zombie mouths and and faces and things like just making expressions at the camera, which is again bookended by the way we see some of our characters uh, kind of triumphantly overcome the walkers by the end of the episode. But I, I I did enjoy kind of the editing and a lot of the skill taking place to kind of show the threat and show how overwhelming 
it is for for this particular part of the the episode. Yeah, Nicotero's great. I mean, let's just let's just admit it. Oh. He's an excellent excellent director, and that's he's the one responsible for editing these, you know the episodes he directs. So, or at least having a big part in it. So he he has a good sense for this man. He's just great. He, I look forward to his he episodes. Knows his, man, man knows his zombies for sure. Hell yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, from a from a Walker action standpoint, I'm never disappointed in really the show yeah, in general. But yeah. I mean, sure, certainly yeah. when Nicotero's on the job, I and mean, you know he knows how to he knows how to put his all into it for sure. Between having very complicated zombie effects and you know Walker scenes of destruction or disaster going on. Sure, there were a lot of extras in this one. I mean, oh, you could definitely tons. tell. I mean, I don't. It it didn't seem like this had an overwhelmingly more amount than in some other episodes, but. You could definitely tell there were a lot. And again, like we talked about last week, this being done at night, which was kind of a switch. Uh, we don't really get a whole lot of night shots, in, you know, of this scale. Uh, so I, th- I thought that was really cool. But you could tell just in watching it, there wasn't as many, like, CG fill-ins as, yeah. as there yeah, they was. Yeah, they were real. Yeah, well, yeah, most of them were. That's the advantage yeah. of having, having night to your. I mean, you, you don't have to worry sure. about using CG yeah. villains. I mean, the last time I can think of a major night sequence involving zombie hordes is the end of season two when the barn burns down. Sure, sure. Mm. Right. And you could cheat a lot, you know, because you're filming at night. You don't have all that detail. Yeah. You don't need to to go as crazy on the on the effect side. So, um, but I think I think we all could kind of agree though that like when they used the CGI hordes earlier, it was kind of noticeable. Oh yeah. Oh sure. And uh, much more noticeable, and to see that they used this many extras and everything, you know, more you know more on the practical side, I was I was happy to see that. So next we come to Father Gabriel. So at this point, the crew kind of gets to gets to a, a position, and and they realize that, uh, you know, they, they, that that. Rick decides, okay, we're going to have to f- basically get to the cars, make a lot of noise, and then lead them off. Kind of, kind of a fallback to the plan they had originally. Uh, but they realize that they, you know, they don't all want to go. You know, he's worried about Judith. So Father Gabriel kind of steps up here and says he'll take her. Uh, and I, given, given at the time we didn't know what was going on with him at the end of the episode, I was really kind of conflicted uh, uh, about Father Gabriel. I was like... Okay, we kind of saw him turn the corner a little bit at the end of last season where he kind of stepped back up to the fact that he is a priest and that he 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 not he needs to stop being a coward and he's starting to kind of bring people together and and change a little bit. And then when we get to this part, I was like, okay, is is he legit now? Like, is he truly going to live up and do what he says he's going to do or is he going to, you know, flake out or, you know, what what's going to happen uh, and then Rick actually lets him take uh, take Judith, which I, at the time I thought was maybe a little bit of a stretch. But I guess it's like that that's a that's a tough choice to make there. It's like, OK, is she truly safer with me in this crazy, you know, ridiculous thing that I'm about to do? Or is she safer with this person that may be a flake and may not be a flake? I'm of, uh, I'm of two minds about the whole Father Gabriel thing. Uh, uh, also, Judith does not cry at all. So, you know, hats off to Judith again for not being a. You know, distraction on this show. Um, sure, last kicker. Yeah, a uh, little out exactly. Um, on the one hand, I think it's very obvious that Father Gabriel is basically on the up and up at this point. Like he's seen the light, and he's you know kind of like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try harder because anybody that's putting on zombie guts and walking that long for apparently like six hours in the darkness with zombies, I, I can believe him. I can go along with them. But um, the it it's, it it seems more like a writer's shortcut to make him good now because I mean. From, you know, us watching the show week to week, 
there's been time that's passed, but on this show, it's only been like 24 hours or whatever, like maybe 48 at the most since, you know, he left the door open and, he, you know, zombie walkers got in <laughs> and like Rick had to like right. bloody himself up to convince Alexandria that things aren't good or things aren't safe. So it's like, it seems yeah. like there's a lot of narrative shortcuts being taken to make Father Gabriel's arc go back to good. That said, I much prefer a confident Father Gabriel than the most annoying character on the show that I can't wait to see die. So that kudos to him, I guess. And the you only know, I didn't have a problem with his motives. I think Gabriel did come around, and he he did really genuinely want to protect the little girl, and he he didn't mean any at least the, the innocent girl harm. He may have a problem with Rick, but that's maybe that's over too. My problem is he's not really a warrior. Like, what has he killed? He got himself stuck in the toe with a nail and he hobbled around. He really never – he never killed any any walkers as far as I could tell. Um, or at least – maybe he did that one in the street, right? We, I think that was about it. He, he doesn't really have much warrior experience. So him walking all the way by himself back to the church is like, is he going to get bit himself? Is, you know, that's what I was worried about more than anything else. If I, if I had more faith in the show as far as how they handle certain characters, I'd be right there with you. But I just – I never, like, disbelieved that Father Gabriel was just like, hey, I'm going to take Judith and get him to safety. It just seems more like, uh, we need to get Judith out of the scene and this character, or else we have them standing around <laughs> doing nothing. So let's write them to do that. Like, yeah. that's what it felt like. Okay. I, I agree with you, Aaron, definitely. And I really don't think they've shown any kind of progression with that character to the point where Rick would trust him with Judith. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, guess, on the one hand, it's great. You know, that's what bothered me yeah, about on it. On the one hand, it's great that, like, I don't have to worry about him as much being a, you know, a threat as far as the characters are concerned, but, like, from a... I don't know, from a technical standpoint, did the show really do enough to earn that trust between the two of them? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I'm totally there with you. I don't think they earned that at all. I mean, three episodes ago, th- three episodes ago, Rick was uh, taking down those posters that, that yeah. Gabriel was putting up about the church meeting. Was, that was yeah. three episodes, he, he or four episodes a, he ago. He was a big addict to Father Gabriel any turn he could, which was always hilarious to me. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> now he's like, yeah. take my daughter, and I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> And right. I think, you know, the other thing is a lot of this, the change in Father Gabriel has kind of happened off screen or at least from Rick's perspective. Like a lot of it didn't happen in front of him. Which is um, fair. But, yeah. but, but again, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a lot of little things that added up. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, actually, to, to its credit, yeah, the show has done a lot to show Father Gabriel. He's trying. Like, it, like is, it, Rick sure. did rip down his signs, but Father Gabriel was like trying to hold a, you know, church or whatever he wanted to hold for, like, Meetings between the, prayer service, yeah, or prayer something, services. Whatever it was. I mean, yeah. in his yeah. own way, yes, he's obviously been doing things to kind of show that because of the whole like what was it the quote unquote come to Jesus scene between him and what Maggie and Sasha, I believe, at the end of last season where they yeah. all got together yeah. in the room. Like, yeah. so I mean, right, yes, that's there, true. There have been strides to take to show that he has come around. I guess. So, yeah, I, I see. I, well, and Rick, I mean, yeah. we'll talk about later, but Rick kind of has his own moment like yeah. that in this episode too. So. Yeah. Not too far fetched. the The interesting thing is, you know, we cut next to Enid and and Glenn, and they're in a church. And so it was funny because I kept waiting. It's like, okay, why is it taking Father Gabriel and Judith so long to get to this church? Yeah, like, <laughs> which is silly because obviously it's a full town. Obviously, there's probably more than one church in the town. It was outside the walls um, too. I think that was it. It was like just outside the the manufactured walls. I think mm, and that's why yeah. I, they weren't going to go there. It was like safe. a lookout guard tower. I, yeah, I, I needed. The, yeah, it was. I needed this episode to have like a twenty four style split screen going on because I like I, I, I feel like a, <laughs> I, I feel like a, <laughs> time a, code. I'm a pretty confident TV watcher. I take notes and write you know recaps of these things, but I got confused when I was seeing like wait who's in the church Glenn and Eden where's Gabriel what yeah. happened like what's going yeah. on what church is this now, yeah, now the wolves are outside yeah. I don't know what's going like I, just everyone was everywhere at the same time <laughs> so it's like confused. I need some more clarification here where's Keeper Sutherland got out your graph paper started <laughs> you know 
making notes. Yeah, I made know. a Venn diagram and everything. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not playing D&D. I'm watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I really, I thought, I liked the Glenn and Eden stuff. I, I thought uh, Glenn stuff was really compelling to me because he kind of used this moment to say, you know, especially to Enid, like, what makes you you? You know, is it is it what you're doing right now? Is it the way you behave? And and Glenn tried to frame it in in that what makes me me is not just what I'm doing now, but all the people that influence me that are now dead because of this this thing. That was a good so, moment, yeah. You, you yeah. know, you forgot all these to mention are... T Dog, but that was it. I mean, all right, he's fine. <laughs> he left him out. He forgot his name. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah that, that other guy drove drove a bus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he said Dale. He said that was know, like the, that was like the one thing. Well, he and Dale were like drinking buddies in the RV. Where T Dog's just yeah. like, "Hey guys, it's me, yeah. T Dog. I'm over here. I'm hanging out." I remember me. But I, I thought that was cool, and that you know, I think that's how we tried to relate to Enid was to say, "Look, you know, you're you're kind of in this funk because you're on your own and you feel like you need to be a loner, but." You know, if you go out there and get yourself killed, you know, your you know, your parents are dead now and the people that influence you are dead, but when you die and you don't have anybody to influence yourself, then they're truly dead. Uh and I, I it was just kind of this maybe I was reading too much into it, maybe uh, you know, maybe it was just that post Valentine's Day uh, you know, sentiment that was still sticking with me. But I, I just I I just thought that was a really kind of uh, you know, cool moment and you know maybe a little bit of insight as to how these people deal with death and, and losing people left and right and knowing that still having to kind of go on with their lives and, and move forward. Well, so uh, or else, I mean, at the top of the show, I said Valentine's day is a great day for the walking dead. So, I mean, I, I'm sure you're, you're yeah. far off of this, but um, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would say I like this Glenn monologuing to Enid more than like the kind of the weeks leading up to Glenn getting back to Alexandria with Enid, where it just seemed like repetitive, like, no, you got to come back. We're family, blah, blah, blah. Like, it seemed like he actually had things to yeah. back up that statement with, which I enjoyed. Sure. That said, after that was done, when he was talking about the plan to get Maggie, what was this plan? It seemed way more complicated than the actual plan, which is I'm going to yeah. run screaming into the streets and you get Maggie. Like, it was like, what was all this right. church clock <laughs> and rags and stuff? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that was your plan? Yeah. One of the things, though, that I thought was interesting, juxtaposed with his conversation, because, you know, we're kind of talking about this all as one event, yeah. but intercut with this is is Denise and that and that wolf dude. And as Glenn's talking about, like, Kenny, you know, what makes you you? Am I the only one that when I was looking at Denise and she was, you know, the wolf guy was, I forget his name, but he, I don't think he, he has was, a name. I think he's just, he wolf. didn't have one. I think he's just no. wolf dude. Yeah. Awesome. I'll call him, w- uh, call him WD. <laughs> I'll call him Wolfman. <laughs> Wolfman Jack. Uh, so when she, Wolfman Jack, sure. When she was uh, talking to Wolfman, she kept eyeing the gun because, like, he set the gun down. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And I was wondering, yeah. like, okay, is she going to make a move? Like, here Glenn's kind of giving this rousing speech about, you know, being yourself and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And at the same time, we're intercutting with what with what Denise and Wolfman are doing. I was, I was wondering what it was. And then, you know, too, Denise kind of, you know, wavers with being cowardly herself. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. I kept, like waiting for something to happen and it didn't happen uh which i I don't think is a bad thing i think it was just kind of interesting to to kind of heighten the tension uh, of or add a little tension to to glenn's you know i think at its best the walking dead does tend to kind of stumble into some poignant moments where i think is you know it's it's part of what the director does over the writers which you know as talented as they are i'm not writing the show they're doing a good job i mean there are some 
you know, questionable elements. So I think Greg Nicotero does a good job of juxtaposing, like you mentioned, Denise and the Wolf and Wolfman Jack with um, Glenn and Enid, where you do have Glenn talking about what makes you you, and you have a scene featuring, you know, this deadly killer wolf guy and Denise, and you're contemplating what makes them them. And Denise, from what I can tell, she's not one that is going to take the gun and, you know, turn at the tables or whatnot. She's going to be the one that tries to reason with the person who's taking her hostage, essentially. I think it it does do, a, I think it does kind of find a way to kind of show you an example of what makes you you and you just watch Denise dealing with this scene by way of kind of uh, talking and logic where the wolf is basically doing anything he can to you know escape this place and obviously we'll, we'll get more to what happens to him but I, I do think the show it is somewhat clever in, in, in having Glenn's scene juxtaposed with the wolf scene going on sure mm-hmm. and in the church there was that writing on the wall too it said faith without works is dead it was a quote from the scripture, I suppose, and and that really got Enid's face. I mean, if you look at her face, she's like, it opened her eyes somewhat. And then, yeah, I guess that was a theme. Well, we know the show likes to hit things right on the nose for the whole episode. You know, taking action and taking charge of the situation. Uh-huh. You can't just have faith without without taking action. No way out. No <laughs> way out. So then we cut back to the group. Uh, why did they, am I the only one that asked why are they still holding hands? Like why are they still holding well, there, hands? And nighttime came really quick too. That was the other part, right? It's like there's a del- it was daytime now. It's nighttime. All of a sudden, like what happened? There, there was a deleted scene where they all played Red Rover to try to lure away the walkers, and it really did not work. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, why are they holding hands? Like it's not pitch black, and it's not like. You know, they're. they're I, I, can, I, I mean, that was just. I can understand, I guess, the logic to why they're doing it. But yes, it does. Yeah, it does I guess look so. They don't it, get it does separated. Look silly. The other question I had is like, I wonder how far apart they shot these scenes. Because I feel like uh, Sam uh, Major Dodson, R.I.P. Um, sorry, we'll get there. Sorry, Jerry. Yes. Um, I, I do. I do think he. He seemed like he got older in his you know final yes. moments on screen. Yeah. It seemed like it's like you seem a lot. You seem like puberty hit you a little bit before this episode got shot. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Well, there was that mid-season was break. Like, maybe they you know they broke for a few months. He had a growth spurt, and here we go back to episode. Seven. Maybe maybe they rewrote that scene where it's like, oh, I guess we gotta kill Dawson now. He's kill him off now. He's too yeah. old. <laughs> so the uh, the charity event hands across Alexander. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That was supposed to be Friday. Yeah, I mean, walkers don't usually hold hands, right? I mean, let's, let's just start off there. So they're, if they're trying to yeah. disguise themselves as walkers, they're not really doing that good of a job. In, in a walker's mind, they must be like, huh? Handhold? What? Kill. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny if, like, from now on, we just randomly see a bunch of walkers holding hands. To justify hands as they, it. As they, they, they retcon yeah. zombie behavior by having them hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> they're learning. Uh so of course Sam starts to freak out. He he remembers what Carol told him about, you know, what happens to bad boys, and you know they do all this crazy stuff. He freezes because of course he did. Uh, <laughs> if, the, if if this and, was a Simpsons episode, it would have like a walk. It would have like that scene where like things are swirling around his head, and it'd be like Carol talking, like "Don't do this." Yes, a zombie, and then like a plate of cookies. Like that's be the things that are swirling around. No, sexy right. Flanders, and then sexy Flanders, of course. <laughs> Gotta have sexy Flanders. <laughs> I forgot my Tiny Tim record. These in-jokes are killing the audience right now, I'm sure. I know. They're probably like, you. It's 10-year-old Simpsons episodes. 10. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's being kind. Sam stops. Uh, Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But also great editing. Again, they zoomed in on Sam. Carol's voiceover was there, and they had this really crazy, spooky, creepy montage of walkers with their mouths and just cool. I love seeing that. Like, it was just, you know, you don't see that too often. Uh, And that was really artistically done as well. But Carol really messed this kid up. I mean, he's. (laughs) Well, 
I mean, she really did a number on him. Let's face it. Seeing your father get yeah. shot in front of you, <laughs> the you know, la- doesn't help The last either, week for yeah. Sam has been a pretty rough one. Let's get, let's get over yeah. there. <laughs> but, so I, I get Sam getting killed, and I was... It, it, <laughs> It shocked me, but didn't shock me. Like, I kind of knew that was coming, right? They make a big deal of him going when everybody said he shouldn't go. Uh, I was not expecting Jesse. I don't know why. We'll, yeah. we'll talk. We'll do. If we have time, we'll do a little spoiler section in the end. But anyway. I mean, um, as a comic reader, which we all are, I kind of saw it coming. I was like, oh, well, that's, that has to be the scene then, I guess. But see, I, I thought I, she was really developing into a strong character. I didn't think they were going to kill her off that quickly, even though it's in the book and in the book and in the book. Fine. But I thought she was going to be you know, a good foil for Rick for at least another half a season or longer. I, I, I can agree. Think, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't necessarily think, like, man, this is going to be the episode where Sam and Jesse and Braun get killed. But at the same time, once it started happening, I was like, I can, I can feel a domino effect taking place here. Although it's, it is really yeah. silly. We'll get to the well, – once, once the scene culminates, we'll get to that. But I, I do I, – I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, so Sam gets bit. Jesse freaks out, rightfully so. Her son, you know, is being eaten in front of her. And she just starts screaming. And at, at some point, I'm like, okay. So, in a way, they almost had to kill Jesse because the one thing that was going through my head is, okay, why did the walkers turn on Sam, but yet Jesse is screaming and everybody stopped and they're not moving towards her? So, then when the walkers turn on her, then I'm like, okay, at least that makes sense. Like, I was going to have a serious issue if, for some reason, even though he wasn't making a ton of noise, they turned on him, but they didn't turn on Jesse, who's having a, you know a complete meltdown. There's, there's a weird so, variable involving Walker intelligence that we just don't really know that makes it hard to kind of no, true. And you know, obviously, they're all holding hands while eating Sam, so it made it difficult for them to get to Jesse. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, of course, you know, Rick has to chop her hand off, <laughs> which is which takes multiple graphic. whacks, which was <laughs> yeah. horrible. Oh my god, yeah. that was. Oh, that, I was just like, why? Why did you just let go? I was like, just oh. let go. Uh, so we get to see that, and then of course that's when Ron has his freakout moment uh, and points the gun at Rick uh, because you know in in Ron's eyes not only is Rick responsible for killing his father, uh, but now he's endangered the rest of his family. Got his brother and his mother killed. So at this point, and this has kind of been building. I mean, this didn't come out. Was of he the pointing blue, at Rick, you know? or was he just pointing at the Grimeses in general? Because I could. I think really it was. Rick. I thought he was pointing okay. at Rick. Yeah, it was yeah. The, he kept saying "you, you," and he's like looking yeah. at Rick. Well, I mean, the, well, the camera had both. Like it had Carl, it had Rick in the front. I mean, I, I don't. I don't sure, it's not a huge sure. Point. I'm just wondering because it just seemed like. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have the the laser pointer yeah. on the <laughs> on the tip, but, uh, but I, I kind of understood it to be Rick and not yeah, not Carl. Uh, so and at that moment, Michonne's. Uh, instincts kick in ron gets uh stabbed through the chest which of course causes him to have a reaction fires off the gun uh and at that point they they realize okay they need to get the hell out of there uh when everybody turns and they see that carl's been shot uh in the eye uh which really throws a monkey wrench in their plans of trying to lead them away get in a car and and Carry, carry yeah, them because off, so. Carl, with one eye, he can't hold hands and turn left at the same time. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, again, after seeing Jesse's hand get like chopped off, I was like, okay, I, like, I, I'm just, my mind was so like set to the comics at that point. It's like, okay, I, I get where this is going. I guess this is this is fun for me because I'm a person that reads the comic and it seems sees that the show is very clearly kind of sticking to how things play out at this point. So. 
So are we sticking to the if it happens on the show we can talk about it in the well, comic? I feel like is it, that, this, is it's that just directly lifted. I mean, it's not. There's no there's okay. no replacement of characters here. This is just directly lifted out of the comics. I don't know what we're spoiling at this point. For, sure. If anything, just right? another cool montage too when when Jesse got bit and got hers, and then Rick had this little flashback of the moments with Jesse. You know, her smiling and winking at him and a little kissing. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool too. And I I just didn't I didn't expect it. I know. I know it's written, I know it's in the books, but I just didn't expect her to go this quickly. She was developing into a really strong character, at least a good good foil for him, and I didn't expect it to happen like that. Also, stylistically, you didn't really hear her scream that much. You didn't even hear her, like... Yeah, drop the just, audio. They, 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 yeah. they dropped the audio. Yeah, they just kind of killed it. She's gone. She's out. She's done. They're just devouring her. And that's the end of it. Well, when it, Not to get into something that hasn't happened or has happened kind of sort of in the show, but there's a character that is not in the show now... That is in the book, uh-huh. and given that that character is not in the show, I assume Jesse was going to kind of fill that that's void. That's fair, yeah. So that's okay. that's why I didn't think she was yeah. going to get it as well. So when she did, I was I was legitimately surprised, even though, like we said, it, it you know we've seen it happen in other in other that places. That makes plenty of sense. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. I guess to to reach back a bit to the kind of spoiler comic-y thing, I guess this. Because I think we've always been kind of like tricky on whether or not to spoil certain aspects of the comic. I guess we could ask the you know the listeners like, do you? And I could probably put this on the, in a Facebook question as well for the Facebook group. Is do do you the listener like do you once a thing that's been kind of directly lifted out of the comics has been revealed in the show, is that okay for us to talk about? Like, I, I'm posing that to to you I the think, listener right now. I guess yeah. if you want to, I think up to this point, anything that's been in the show was fair game. And then anything that was uh, in the comic was more conjectural and spoilery. Yeah, for sure. Because we, like, we obviously we talked about Negan a lot, but we haven't talked explicitly about who this person is, what they do, what happens involving right. them. Right. But, you know, there's... And, and with the governor, we kind of did that, too. We talked about the differences between the governor of the comic and the governor right. of the show. Right. After uh, it happened, though. there were many. Yeah. It, it just feels like because yeah, it's not just yeah. like it's like a variation of a scene from the comic, but this is just so directly lifted from it. It feels like that's oh, yeah. a game to yeah, talk Yeah, absolutely. About, so. Absolutely. The the only difference being is the level of damage that Carl suffers at the hands of the gunshot, uh, which in the comic was extensive. Well, it just looks. <laughs> I, I think it's just because the comic looks so. You can you can you can detail it more in the you can you can kind of you can vary sure. how that kind of shot would be detailed in a comic versus yeah. the book. But yeah, the comic it looks versus like a real you know, person. Like, like, he lost the side I mean, of like his a head. piece of his skull was missing <laughs> yeah. in the comic. Yeah, his his temple was way. gone in, in the comic. It, it's like I don't know if it's even physically possible to do, and you know, yeah. With a human in the show, it in the show it's more believable that he could survive what happened. For sure, to him. yes, yes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, wh- there's nothing but realism on The Walking Dead. I mean, Daryl did kill a group of guys of an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, at this moment, you know, the focus, of course, is to get Carl uh, back to the infirmary, uh, so you know that they could take care of Carl, which they're they're able to kind of get their way back there. Um, it, it, you it, once you know this is all going on. Uh, they're trying to stabilize Carl. Rick is just like freaking out, like seriously. For he he's having his Tyrese uh-huh. moment, you know, yeah. where he's just so enraged and he knows there's nothing he can do to help Carl. Like he's not a doctor, he's not a medic, he can't do anything. And you know, Carl's kind of out of it at this point, so he's not even able to you know kind of sit there and kind of reassure him with anything. So he grabs that hatchet, heads out the door, and just starts going to town, uh, which. At this point, it kind of inspires everybody else, you know, that, you know, um, uh, Rosita, you know, sees what's going on and she kind of gathers her troops. Um, Eugene 
I think Eugene is becoming like a recovering coward. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Uh, be- yeah. Because at that point, he's like, you know, he's got to give his fair share too. And they try and talk him out of it, and he's pretty adamant about doing it. Which and is right so, out of the comic as well. Eugene has this kind of like people are sure. going to talk about this one. Like he says, that's like a line right out of the comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he ripped it right yeah. out. Yeah. I just have a question about Rick's motivation for one second. Do you think because I've seen we've seen Rick go on this binge when Laurie got killed, he went into the prison and just took out a whole cell block of walkers. Was he doing it just for himself, or was he actually doing it to save the town? Saying, you know what, enough's enough. We're going to take these walkers out of here. They have to get out of this town. I, I mean, I think, what do you think his motivations I were? I think in this instance, it was a Rick rage that turned into that. Whereas I think the, the prison yeah. massacre was, I'm going I'm okay. to take out these zombies in this prison right now. They killed my wife. But now it's more like, uh, I'm going to kill these walkers. Hey, there's guys helping me. All right, we'll all kill these walkers. Like I think it just morphed into that as he was doing okay. it. Okay, okay. There was an article I read. It might have been your, your review, Aaron, where they, they likened this to like the... Uh, near the end of a musical where everybody joins in to the one big theme song. I did song. not, but I did not write that, but that's a very amusing way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I agree. I can see that. Yeah, like everyone like everyone joining into like the one big chorus of, yeah. of zombie kill. Um, and, but I think Rick kind of has this moment where he's like, there are so many of them, they're going to overrun this infirmary. Like once the, you know, they know this is where we headed, they heard the noise, they hear everything, we're making noise inside the place, he knows they're coming. And so I think at this moment he's like, he, you know, again, more loss. I think he's just like, I got to do what I can do, even if it's just staving them off for five minutes. If I buy them five minutes for them to work on, on, you know, Carl to stabilize him and get him out of here, then, then I've done what I needed to do. Oh, for sure. Um, Rick, yeah. Rick, Rick Rage, it, there's, there's layers to it. Like, so I get, I mean, Rick's, okay, sure. okay. Rick, it's, Rick, it's complex. Yeah. It's different layers, different stages of Rick yeah. Rage. I understand. Yeah, what we'll, we'll, we'll make a scale and turn it into a meme later, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a logic <laughs> sure. to Rick's rage. He's not an idiot, which I think that phrase alone could inspire a ton of right. memes right there. But, um, yeah, Rick, yeah. I mean, it, he, it, he, yes, I, I agree if you were, it's like, I can do this to buy time. Also, I'm really pissed off right now. <laughs> Yeah, and in between, where before he actually gets to the infirmary, Denise and the W man, they they are still together, oh, yeah, and then yeah. Carol takes him out. We got to we got to uh, back but up. He gets bit whole, in the arm, a whole and, bunch of stuff that happens right there with the, the yeah, wolf, yeah, yeah. But but I found that interesting the way the W man did go or Wolf man, whatever we're calling him. Uh, when he went down, he really tried to protect Denise. Like he he knew he was dead, but he tackled a few zombies on the way down to try to give her a chance to run away. I mean, yeah, he had so a, he really he had to change it. Like it worked for all Morgan's yeah. Morgan's his whatever his his therapy it worked to change the wolf well it's interesting you say yeah. that because carol they, they zoomed in on her face actually and she sees that he did that like she sees that he actually tried to save denise a little bit and he and she had this kind of weird look on her face like okay wow make like, like a surprised look so maybe he, she picked up on it that, that morgan's way did actually work to a certain degree well, they have to do something to carry on that plot line involving the you know the one side versus the other side as far as morality is concerned in this world. So right. uh, as long as they're not slap fighting anymore, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, that was sure. <laughs> Body slammed. Now, with, with that said, is this the end of the wolves? Like by killing big, that guy and what seemed to be the, the last of the Mohicans, last of the wolves. Yeah, huh? Do we, do we get, are all the wolves dead now? Like I feel like Rick mo- murdered most of them with an AK 47. And the last time we saw yeah. a pack of them. So are, it's probably yeah, pretty much it. We're done yeah. with wolves. I mean, we have a Negan crew coming. Maybe one of them yeah. got adopted into the Negan group. You may see some more W's on some foreheads, right? But who knows? There, yeah, and maybe what we're seeing too is the development of factions. Yeah, for sure. You know where you know there's multiple groups that are going to kind of be involved. So, 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I think they served their purpose. So if they if they went away, well, that's I, my next question. Did they think... serve their purpose? I mean, we got like we had a lot of teasing of wolves, and then they raided the facility, which I guess in its own way led to a whole arc about the. I mean, the, like the terminus group that didn't really have much of a long run, but they had a lot of teasing yeah, leading up sure. to them. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we never heard yeah. from wolves again. So. I guess yeah, I can I can see what you're saying, Russ. Though about like factions and if that plays a factor later, we already we've certainly established wolves. So if we see people with W's on their heads, sure. we already have an idea of what they're going to do. Yeah, we um, I'm sorry. We uh, to to back up a bit to the whole Jesse and her family get killed thing. We, I I didn't talk about how ridiculous I found that whole scene to be. Where we because <laughs> now we're on Carl. Which is kind of, that's the show in a nutshell right there. We have this horrific event where two children and the, the mother are murdered, but we'll probably never talk about them ever again except in passing. If Rick's like, Jesse, and like dwells on that for a moment. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's probably it, which is, that's not a great way to tell a story, I think. Guys, <laughs> I mean, we, that should be having, there should be some more emotional connection to like what just happened, regardless of how annoying some of those characters can be. But instead, we just killed three people off and we're kind of moving on right away. And it was the first time we've seen a child killed. Like a living child. On screen. Yeah. Like, actually on camera. Taken down. I don't think we've seen... Oh, well, actually, wait a second. No, it wasn't uh, Lizzie? Did we see Lizzie? No, we didn't see her go down, did we? No. We, we? It was just... Her body was shown, but we didn't see that. And then, you know, Mika and Lizzie see... This is actually the first time a walker has bitten into a child and we've seen it on screen. Yeah. That's, that's true. And if that means anything anymore, I don't know if that even... You know, we've seen so much at this yeah. point, six and a half seasons of of carnage, but uh, definitely was momentous. Well, since the romantic movie of the year, Deadpool, came out, you might as well show as much R-rated stuff on TV as you can, I guess, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem to be using the S-word as much as they can, too, on this, I mean, this, oh, yeah. this season. Yeah, right. just... Well, they're preparing you for Negan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things I thought was a kind of a cool moment is, is Michonne realizes she has to go out there um, and and get Rick. Um, yeah. But she's worried about Carl. And she even kisses Carl on the forehead before she goes out. I just it, it was like super quick, but I just really thought that was a cool moment because Michonne has really, you know, her and her and Carl have really kind of bonded with each other. Uh, and I think their relationship is maybe responsible for, a lot of Michonne's growth as a character, at least from a writing perspective. So I, I, I like the fact that they just didn't dismiss that and that it, it really, you know, what's happened to Carl is really a problem for her. And, and it, and it really is affecting her uh, at a, on a pretty deep level. So I, I, again, really quick, really subtle, uh, but, but I thought it was very well done. Well, if we're talking about that and Michonne's growth at the end of the episode, she's holding the baby. Uh, just for a yeah. quick scene, you see her holding her in the in the house or near the house, and that's, I mean, a few episodes or excuse me, a few seasons ago, she couldn't even get near the baby. It was reminding her of her own child, so she's really right. grown as and a character. She, and when she first joined the group, Carl was like one of the first ones she really opened up to. I mean, remember in Clear when they go into yeah. the uh, into the diner for like the stuffed animal or whatever? Yeah, I yeah mean, the cat. Yeah, yeah the uh, I mean they. She's, I mean, she's bonded with them since then. I mean, they've been close since then. It was cool to see them pay service to that in the script. Yeah. And just one more, I'll go to the way they're fighting that that phalanx style. Where they all kind of do back to back. Yeah, they, type they, of they fighting really style. That was on three hundred before this episode. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> all that we're missing was the shields. It's, uh, well, we've seen it before in the show, so it's cool to see them do that That's again. That's why too. the exact. This is Alexandria. The, the Alexandria. <laughs> 
they, they clearly have cable, I guess, because like they, they, they they're, they're not much use anywhere else. But they are big movie fans, so they can they can realize, sure. hey, if we all stand like this back to back. I mean, we, we've seen them use this tactic before, but it's actually pretty cool. They, listen, they may have DVD players. They had power. Sure. All right? They may have some DVDs laying around. You never know. When, they probably when, could have when did the show start? 2009? 2010? 2010-ish? 11? Right, right, yeah, yeah, it's probably on TV at that point. So possible. <laughs> yeah, it's on DVD right now. And who would have thought Eugene would have had the best line of the night, right? Like, he, he goes, no one gets the clock out today. That's right. I just thought that was that As was he awesome. cocked his shotgun cool. and walked out with his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then, you know, like we're saying, we kind of get this crazy montage of all these, you know, all these people just going berserk on these walkers. And it was a lot of like uh, solo shots. Yes. Like it was it was a lot of like uh, not first person, but like POV, I guess, maybe uh, uh, shots, you know, against dark backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was very, um, you know, and it just started to get faster and faster and faster. So. Uh, it was kind of cool to see that, you know, when the adrenaline kicks in and, and, you know, people are motivated, you know, what they could do in this world. And even you could tell, like, people looking outside of their houses that were, you, you know, probably three months ago would never even have thought of, you know, doing anything remotely like this are, are you know, on board and, and helping out. So I mean, Tobin was, was kind fighting. of a cool rally. Yeah, Tobin, uh, who was it? Uh, Aaron's boyfriend i guess eric was out there i mean people you didn't expect to see you thought they were quote-unquote civilians but they were actually out there in that mix yeah, as i was well. trying to get a handle on cool. which red shirt was which in this episode yeah dr dre's out there kicking ass <laughs> yeah. i mean come on <laughs> yeah okay he's like he's gonna be on 24 apparently the uh the yeah, yeah so, he's the lead. So so long to Keith on this show, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> You're making Jerry very mad here. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> Just going by, by by television logic, which is you know widely known <laughs> stuff. We'll see. Maybe maybe he's a goner. Walking Dead's not on all year. Maybe he can do both. We'll see. He could. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's going to be in movies still. Probably. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So as all this is going on, we cut back to. We cut back to Glenn and Enid, who are trying to go after Maggie, and the walkers. She's up in the, you know, in the lookout, and the thing's starting to sway, and Glenn is trying to uh, pull the walkers towards him. But there's so many, and they're so loud. Like he's firing the gun, and it's almost like they're so loud they don't even hear him firing the gun, or they're just like so focused. If if zombies can be focused, they they you know they're they're not going that way. But eventually he's able to kind of get pull some of them off. Enid goes up there um, to rescue Maggie. And now we know why she was tearing up the cloth so she could, I guess, give them something they could shimmy down on the other side of the wall or cover. I guess cover the barbed wire or whatever to get over on the other side of the wall. Like a ladder. They could just, you know, rappel down using the sheets tied together or something. That's what I thought, but I don't know. Uh, And just as, as things start to look extremely hopeless and Glenn is getting overrun Gunfire erupts. Everybody gets shot. Uh, and I, I love when Abraham looks at Glenn and says, could you get the gate? <laughs> yeah, the best line <laughs> in the show. And that look on Glenn's face. And he's like, appreciate it. <laughs> it's great. The only thing that scene was... Fire leads to amazing headshots to save Glenn, by the way. That was a pretty pretty timely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing that scene was missing was... Uh, your head, the exact place they needed to stop zombies. <laughs> Sure, sure. I thought he was a goner was again. A, I, thought, I thought Glenn was done at that point. I think, okay, he made it back, yeah. and, and Maggie's going to watch him get eaten now. I just said that this is the end of it. But but, but again, another moment where it's like, okay, how is he going to get out of this? Like, he's completely surrounded. Yep. The rest of them are there. So The only thing you know, missing from that scene was the A-team theme. 
Exactly. Exactly. Like, dun, 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 dun. I didn't <laughs> yeah. hear what happened. I'm like, oh, great. Have the van come crashing through the wall at that point? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the 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 last thing we'll talk about is, unless unless I miss something, is Daryl, they back the tanker up. They dump a bunch of the gas. Uh, and for whatever reason, I guess maybe, you know, hey, you got a rocket launcher, let's use it. But I would think, hey, there's only so many rockets. Maybe we should, like, hang on to these. Instead of throwing a match on a bunch of gasoline, he decides, F it. I'm going to fire this rocket launcher at this big pile of gasoline so it explodes. Uh, Which, of course, then the fire and everything leads the walkers uh, to him and they all start burning. But I was just like, couldn't you just like throw in a match or a lighter? I don't think gasoline ignites like that, though, honestly, especially in water. I think you need a big gasoline in water. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it'll float. Yeah, you could you could you could almost yeah. Sneeze at gasoline. That's how like catch fire. You know that's what though? Like, I'll explain it for you. It looked much. That's cooler. how like stunt. Yeah. That's how like stunt shows at like theme parks use. They put like gas in the water sure. and light it on fire to make it all look fancy. Right. Uh, yeah. As, formally tied to this profession, <laughs> I can guarantee you, uh, a gasoline ignites very easily, and yes, it will burn. Yes, on top. Russ used to be a rodeo clown. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, then here's my and question. An and an arsonist. Pyrotechnics aside, the, the, the walkers that walk into the, the, the fire slash water, wouldn't they be extinguished by the water once they were kind of in the water? I, I, didn't, I didn't get that part. I mean, it was pretty cool. It's an amazing scene. Don't get me wrong. It, it seems like but, the trap that no one's using, apparently, if all you have to do is set a fire and walkers walk into it. Like, I didn't think there was as much water, though, as it was gasoline. I mean, I, was it truly a it lake? It was a pond. It was, it was, like, it was, it was some like kind a, of creek like or a, a pond. Lake. Yeah, it was like a, like a water hole. Yeah. And... and I guess it was smart to do that instead of burning down the whole town. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, and to yeah. that that tanker, I don't know how much gas they put in there. Old, old but, Patty. But yeah, that that tanker. Not to get I, the volunteer fire department I was on, we had a truck that almost looked exactly like that and had a tank on the back, and that thing held a thousand gallons of water. So if that thing was full, it pretty much had it. It, it had about a thousand gallons of gasoline in it. So even if he took a couple hundred gallons and mm-hmm. bled it off. That's a lot of gas, <laughs> um, and it could probably burn for quite some time. So, and they really set that on fire. I mean, I don't think they actually use gasoline; they use fire sticks or whatever you know they call them in the industry. But propane and what have you. I don't think it was gasoline, but it, they definitely that was real. That was not CG fire, which I was pleased to see. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I guess we can overlook the waste of an RPG launcher rocket onto a lake when you could just use a lighter. But yeah, besides that, I mean, it's so well and good. <laughs> Well, we skipped over one thing too. When Morgan took out Wolfman, oh right, no good point. And he apologized to him again. It's like I'm sorry. Now, maybe you guys can help me with this one too. Was he apologizing for letting this, for not protecting him enough? Is no, he's apologizing for the fact that he had to kill him. Yeah, but he was already dead. I mean, he's apologizing to a zombie. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah. it's Morgan. <laughs> Morgan. Okay. Ba-doo-doo. See, I took it. I took it as he apologizing to him, saying I was not strong enough to protect you, or something like that. I was trying to protect this guy and save him, and I wasn't strong enough. That's the way I took it. That's why he was apologizing. I, I just didn't. I didn't understand that. Apologizing to a zombie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Morgan. That's really all I have. I don't it's know. Kind of, <laughs> okay. You know. 
I don't know what more we really need Morgan, to say. Yeah, well, Morgan's been on shaky Morgan. ground for me mm-hmm. with the whole wolf thing. It's quite chain cane Morgan. Okay. It's it's part of his his philosophy. I guess I, 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 I look forward. I look Zen. forward to seeing where things go with him. Hopefully, now that we've gotten out a you know a, a situation that we knew was going to get out of hand and that did get out of hand with the wolf. So let's let's see let's see where it goes yeah. now that we have some proof True. in the pudding. I guess that'll be the next spinoff. Is is Morgan's going to walk the earth? Speaking of uh, walk the earth, that's a terrible segue. Uh, let's do our quick. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462 podcast episode, the zombie awakens. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he's put in the bathroom. <laughs> Someone got bit. That, that you know. That, and that, and that's, that concludes. That concludes the this Fear week's the Walking Dead Flight 462 <laughs> podcast. And you know, our podcast is probably about as long as the second yeah. was. So. See, I didn't know you could actually lock a lavatory from the outside. That's a little trick of that. See, you, you learn flight, things from watching these shows. Flight attendants, they, uh, they know what they're doing. They know the tricks, right? And she got she got yeah. bit for the, for the pleasure of that. Well, the, the problem with her was that she wasn't holding anybody's hand while doing it. That's why she got bit. <laughs> um, now, you know next time I go on a plane, I'm going to look at the bathroom door and be like, can you lock this <laughs> from the outside? Right, yeah. So what? Morgan, yeah, Morgan kills, uh, kills the zombie wolf. He apologizes. What happens next? Well, that, I mean, yeah, and then obviously, well, then they actually, then the fire happened. It was a little bit before that, but it was, I mean, that's pretty much it. Then Rick gives his speech to Carl. I guess that's the end of the episode, pretty much. Yeah, and I thought that was, you know, this is kind of Carl, uh, Rick's turning point. Like, at this point, he realizes that the, they can make a life here. They can, you know, these people are worthy, uh, you know, they, that, you know, they can rebuild. They can, you know, they can do, you know everything he was kind of against when they got there and suspicious of, you know, this was kind of Rick's turning point uh, on Alexandria. So it'll be really interesting to see how things go from here um, with only seven episodes left in this half season. But uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll be, I'll be real curious to see, um, you know, we know just from interviews and stuff that apparently the finale of this season is very rough. Uh, there's been several cast members that have said, yeah. you know, it brought them to tears. It made them angry. Like it was the roughest, you know, their worst day of filming. That means someone's so, going. Someone big is going. That's what that's what that somebody means. big is yeah. probably going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, given that he's kind of, they kind of have to rebuild Alexandria. I wonder if we're gonna, you know, how swiftly we're gonna move on that before the next big thing starts to happen. I do. I do like the um, the final speech as far as kind of Rick goes. I've been. I've been championing the kind of crazy Rick that we've been seeing lately because it just feels like oh, I love there's it. something there's love something it. so much more interesting about me watching Andrew Gar Andrew Garfield Spider Man in the show is great <laughs> Andrew Lincoln getting a chance to um, kind of t- take the character to some darker places even though you know we've seen teases of that here and there I like this kind of the mix of no nonsense and I actually look like a crazy person who could really be the villain of the show mixed with my sense of logic that seems to want to protect this town. I like that it's been going, which had to be proven three times last season when, you know, a red shirt got killed by a walker every 10 minutes. He tried to challenge Rick, but um, I, I like that, you know, if we're, you know, we're setting up a second half of the season and it, you know, obviously it takes a page out of the comic books very literally. Again, this, this scene is ripped right out of the comics as well. Um, I, I like that again. It does. It feels organic enough. Like we're seeing this come out of a place where, hey, Rick actually is having a turn of conscience in terms of how to treat the Alexandrians, but it's coming from a place that where the episode actually established a good reason for that. So it, and it's you know it's a nice, really nicely written monologue to to Carl of all things. And there's 
uh, you know, and a show full of death and everything. There's some optimism there, as you know, we've always we've already conquered all these walkers that we've been plagued with for the first half of the season. Now we've killed them all, and Carl like you know snaps back to life real quick. So it's like, yay! All right, let's we're we're off and running on the second half of the season. <laughs> well, that brings up a good question. I mean, should this episode have been the closer? I actually uh, of the first. I actually half? think so. I. I uh, yeah, I would agree with well, that. I totally like, agree with did, that. Did they insert too. that Morgan story, and then that pushed everything back one episode? Or did they, I mean, it seemed because I knew they shot him out of order this season. They were very clear. They kept saying that we're out of order this season. Everything's a little bit jumbled. Maybe it got just got pushed out. Maybe it wasn't supposed to end like it did uh, the first half of the season. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's because this episode's so big in scale, where it's like, well, we need to. We need to start. We need to start things off of bang. It, but it does make me want because obviously they have the scripts for each of these episodes, or at least mostly scripted, or at least an idea of what these episodes should right. be. So, what? And you know, you know, The Walking Dead has eight episodes and then another eight episodes. So it's it, it makes me. What was it? The premiere was what like a ninety minute premiere, right? Uh, it was, it, and it was ninety minute Morgan episode in there too. It, yeah, so there's two ninety minute episodes, and <laughs> and I argued that the premiere felt like it was two episodes, but there wasn't enough stuff to go on to make one of them exciting. It so felt stretched, right? It felt like it was, it was deliberate. Yeah, yeah so I they agree. Kind of that. merged like two episodes into yeah. one. So it, I don't know. I mean, like obviously Gimple's been in control of the show for a while now, so like it, you know, he's had a better hand on it than the past showrunners have. So I. A lot of questions, I guess, concerning what they wanted to do with this whole arc involving this like, giant zombie horde that leads up to the kind of the Negan half of the season, which I expect this is supposed to be. So, yeah, I mean, but I'm kind of okay with it beginning like this, though. Like, I'm I'm kind of good that the second half is beginning strong and not just all right. It's a slow ramp up again until the last episode of the season. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm off two minds of it. I I wanted the last half to end like this, but then I I like it beginning like this too. I, I think just maybe like thematically, it felt like it should have flowed with the end you know that first half but from a from a momentum standpoint it actually is nice to kind of you know like you said start with start in you know with the with the pedal to the floor this kind of reminds me of the way they opened our they uh, resolved the terminus story um you know over the season break and then you know they right. resolved it all right. like with a big big bang episode like this to start off the the second half of the season if i'm remembering correctly um but yeah, I, 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 you know what? I don't think I, I understand what people were saying when they make that argument. That this could, should have been the season ender, but on the other hand, I, I really appreciate what you guys are saying about it starting off strong. Right. Uh, I, I really think that's a good strategy to take for a change, if anything. There's, yeah. there's, a, you know, the whole. There's another factor here involving, you know, how people, you know, consume The Walking Dead. I intended that pun completely. Um, the, <laughs> the. Um, the, the nature of watching this show, obviously, it gets big ratings, so people are obviously watching the show at the time. But at the same time, watching the show as like a, if you binge watch it or you get it on Blu-ray or whatever, you're gonna mm. watch. You know, watching the show, the momentum doesn't really feel much of a shift in terms of seeing each episode one after another. If you're watching it at home at your own convenience, so I wonder how much that plays a factor in as well. Where you, you know, obviously you're, you're dividing the show, so yeah, when it starts back up again, you have this big explosive episode. But when you watch it at home. You know, you probably watch this the first half, and then you watch the second half, and there was no split in between. I thought right. that too, but they could have maybe trimmed down one of the Alexandria episodes. There was two solid, pretty much Alexandria-centric episodes. They could have maybe slimmed that down a bit, and then squeezed it all into the first half. But there may be a reason why they did it this way, and I'm actually very cool with it now that I've seen this episode. I feel very good about the next half of the season. So, Jim... Who is our sponsor for this episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast? Our beloved sponsor for this and every episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast, Russ, is uh, DCBService.com. 
where you uh, can save uh, 30, 40, 50% on all of your pop culture needs, not just comic books, not just trades, uh, uh, paperbacks, but also action figures, uh, clothing, uh, anything you can find in the previous catalog, pretty much. I saw some really cool Walking Dead items I wanted to point out. There's one uh, called the uh, the Walking Dead Survivor's Guide trade paperback, and it's kind of a, a look at all the characters to kind of bring you up to speed on the comic to just kind of give you an idea of where, where the characters are coming from from the early part of the book. Um, also, something that really appealed to me, that that's 40% off. It's only seven seventy nine. Uh, something else I thought was really cool, the Walking Dead Adult Coloring Book. Uh, adult coloring books have been like very huge in the past. It sounds year or very two. sexual. <laughs> it's uh, it's cool because you only need like you know Adults. red, red, black, blue, and purple, pretty much, and green, right? Just a set of pencils zombies. will do, right? With the Walking Dead, that's all you need. Some charcoal and and, and uh, you know the Charlie Adler art and the uh, um, uh, the Tony Moore art looks great, blown up like this and in black and white to color. So uh, it's kind of a kind of a cool match and. Uh, it's something, you know, even if you haven't read the comic books, it'd be fun to uh, to, to do while you watch the show, I, I would suppose. Uh, that's only eight eighty seven. That's uh, 40% off as well. Uh, if you want to catch up with the comic books, they have uh, the Walking Dead books especially. They have the hardcovers at 40, 45% off. The compendiums, which are the giant 48-issue uh, um, uh, collections, uh, they're 50% off. A lot of times DCB Service will have uh, even cheaper prices than Amazon. Uh, definitely check them out, dcbservice.com. Also, their uh, their sister site, instocktrades.com, uh, if you're uh, looking for anything like that along the pop culture line. I've been really into the McFarlane blind bag Walking Dead figures lately, and I get them from DCB Service as well. Uh, if you get the previews catalog or, you know, from your comic book shop or whatever, anything in there that, uh, you want to buy, you can get, and you can get it at a discount at dcbservice.com. Uh, definitely check them out. And we really thank them for their sponsorship. They're awesome. They're, they're great. You know, buy all your stuff there. I mean, I don't know. They, they have a really cool Negan, uh, resin statue of him holding Lucille triumphantly on a pile of thugs. Ooh, that, that sounds he's good. Taken nice. out. Uh, that is a uh, list price of four hundred and fifty dollars. You can get it at DCP Service for uh, it'll be uh, two seventy nine and change. So that's that's almost half price. Yeah, you can't beat the prices. I'm looking on Amazon right now. It's actually crushing Amazon prices. All the things you just yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you go to in stock trades, almost any trade or hardcover that you're looking for is going to be cheaper at in stock trades than it will be at Amazon. I mean, that's that's pretty much a given. Yeah. Um, and if you order. 50 bucks it's free shipping so even if you have you know prime you can't even use that as an excuse and i think unlike amazon in stock trades doesn't charge the sales tax no they don't uh i like i said i get my uh my mcfarland blind bags uh walk into blind bags from there uh so they also have a you know a wide selection of action figures and toys you can order from them same deal cheaper than amazon and again dcb service will do you right on the service side if something is up with your order that you know it's taking too long or uh something is wrong they will they will do everything in their power to fix it they're good people uh, they really you know, ba- you know they really back up their their site with the good service which i mean is really important you know you can order things anywhere online but i mean to know that you're going to have the service to lean on if you need it is really a good you know peace of mind agreed so do you want to do busters Let's bust it up. You go first, Aaron. Okay, I will go first with my Buster rating that I 
obviously considered well ahead of time and not stalling to give. I will give this episode a, a solid uh, four out of five busters. I say four. I feel like I'm going a bit high, but I feel like the entertainment value was well above my kind of gripes with the episode. I think there's a lot of ridiculous stuff that happens, but at the same time, it just felt like this was a kind of this was an episode that really wanted to embrace the ridiculousness, regardless of how dramatic things were supposed maybe supposed to be interpreted. I liked what I was seeing. I tend to be you know more positive on the kind of character-driven episodes or whatnot than the action ones, but this one, it won me over. I mean, when you start an episode off with Daryl killing a group of motorcycle guys with a RPG, you're on the right track of kind of making me smile while watching an episode <laughs> of The Walking Dead. So I'm going to go four out of five busters. Craig? I will say 4.75 busters. It This is a really solid episode of The Walking Dead. I, I'm definitely an action junkie. I've always been very clear about that in in my view of the show. And I think this hit all the right notes for me. Not just the raw action, but the cinematic stuff we mentioned before. The way the music was work, worked in, the, dire- the great direction by Nicotero, the special effects. Everything made this episode edge of my seat kind of effect as well, where I was kind of, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought Abraham was a goner. I thought Glenn was a goner. It really captured me, and I was just enthralled. So, uh, not a five, because of some of the little errors we talked about, but definitely a strong, strong 4.75 for me. I will also give it a 4.75. I was going to give it a 4.25, but when you use a rocket launcher in your episode, that that's a, that's a half point that's bomb. A- one of my biggest criticisms with the show is that it can just be over serious for an over long period of time. And I really like the way that that kind of almost slapstick. I want to, I don't want to say slapstick, but almost like we were talking about with the, the RPG kind of setting the tone at the beginning. And uh, I don't know. I just really, really like this a lot. I give this a 4.5. I, I thought it was really cool. And I, I like the way the, the kind of uh, over the topness kind of uh, undercuts some of the more serious. Uh, things going on. I mean, as scary as the zombie apocalypse is, there's so many aspects of it that are just fundamentally absurd that you can play off of in so many different ways, like we saw in this episode. So uh, I I definitely liked it a lot, 4.5. But who cares what I think? Every week we ask uh, members of our uh, Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. I care, Jim. You may have heard of it. It's on the Facebook. 712 members strong right now. 712. Right. Yeah, um, it's very popular with the young people. The the millennials like Aaron and stuff. They really like the Facebook. <laughs> so I've heard. Personally, I'm still on GeoCities, but you know, whatever. <laughs> we all roll different you ways. Can email, you, Lycos. you can Prodigy. email your thoughts on on Jim's e- e- GeoCities account <laughs> at jimdeets at altavista dot com. That's right. Jim. No, I'm on Prodigy dot com. Thank you so much. Use Net for Life, yo. Use go, go to my news group exactly. Just BBS in my news group. If you have some extra AOL minutes, you could really get in on that one. <laughs> That's an even older reference anyway. in the Simpsons, <laughs> folks. Wow, dig, dig, dig deep on that. Uh, but we ask our listeners uh, every week to uh, ask. Uh, we ask what you thought. You know, what your ratings, uh, your Buster ratings are for the episodes. And this week is no different. And of course, you guys helped us out a lot with your comments, and we really appreciate. Uh, if you join the group, I mean, we, we post Aaron's uh, Young Folks uh, our reviews there every time he does them, uh, every week, at theyoungfolks.com. Uh, we also have news and, and fun stuff and, and discussion, too, uh, on the Facebook group. Like uh, Craig said, it's over 700 strong now, so please join us. 
and join in the discussion. Like uh, Everard Santa Marina, for instance, who said uh, of this episode, I loved it. I really wasn't expecting the opening scene. It really is a tease that they mentioned Negan, but now effectively we can forget about him for the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really liked how Jesse and her son bought it. (laughs) I would have liked to see the older son suffer a little more, but hey, I know it's close to the comic, but played out live. Uh, 4.75 nibbles of the turd out of 5. Michelle Marco, uh, best episode yet. Action scares feelings. It was awesome. Uh, Mike Jones, uh, frequent contributor. Uh, 4.5 Sam, which is? I see what you did there, Mike. Uh, Great episode. Just two moments kept it from being perfect for me. The -the over-the-top Daryl fan service of the rocket launcher. How do all these kids die and Judas survives? Not even Father Gabriel as a babysitter put her in danger. <laughs> I loved it otherwise. <laughs> Adam Crane, four out of five. Daryl effing up Negan's motorcycle gag with the RPG. <laughs> uh, David P. the third. Uh, 4.9 Daryl's No Man's Land out of five. Had to take a point one off for Rick letting baby Judith be cared for by Father Gabe. Uh, love the massacre and cannot wait for the impending revenge by Negan. Oh, and I'm glad they're adding 10 seconds into Flight 462. <laughs> That's like 10% more enjoyment. <laughs> uh, mathematically correct, yes. Uh, Shailen Vega. this should have been the finale. Five out of five one-eyed willies. Oh, Coral. Oh, boy. Uh, Brent Jones, 3.95. Perfectly timed returns to town out of five. A horde that size only takes out 2.5 people. Uh, I enjoyed it, but too many things worked out so smoothly for the show. Maybe because I was expecting more Alexandrian red shirt death, but things just seemed to fall into place across the board. For everyone not wearing zombie guts, uh, love Dave in this one. Another Glenn near death. Are they softening us up? <laughs> um, Max Sofer, I hate to oversell it, but that's one of my favorite episodes ever. Five nibbles out of five. How is Abraham not the most popular character on this show? <laughs> Can you get the gate? Hilarious. <laughs> he has the best lines. He definitely does. Uh, also, can we have a vague comic moment to realize Rick went full Tyrese? I said that. Yes, he did. Uh, Ian Timms, 4.9 white shirts out of 5. Not sure about Rick leaving Judith with Gabriel. Man, <laughs> they're right on. That's where I am, too. Um, it was only 12 hours before that, and he put a gun to his head. Perfect otherwise. What an opening scene. Uh, Elisa Gonzalez, 5. Who's Negan's? Okay. See, there you go. Stay, Alisa. Stay tuned. Uh, Robert Robert Nigro, four really handy RPGs out of five. My gripes about an otherwise offensive, uh, otherwise riveting episode. Uh, the death count of Alexandrian red shirts. Um, the callback to Rick carrying a wounded Carl to Herschel's farm. Uh, the escape from Jeopardy via fire we saw before at Terminus and Herschel's farm. Uh, Berserker Wick rocket Rick whacking at Stalker's superhuman. Superhumanly, after first Laurie's, now Jesse's death, and almost forgot Daryl happening to be able to make something blow up real good. First the prison tank, now Negan's crew. The series plagiarizes from himself so often. I didn't look at it that way until that post, but I guess he's right in some ways. Uh, Jimmy Tucker, 4.75, Dread Pirate Carl's out of 5. Uh, Carol She an episode that so, did so much right. I still had problems with the clunky dialogue. Uh... Walking Dead is not known for trusting his audience with subtlety, is it? No, no, it is not. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, welcome back to The Walking Dead. What an episode. Best one for a long time. I'll give that 4.5. Zombie barbecues out of 5. Uh, didn't expect Negan's men to be wiped out so soon. Rob Cook, 5. It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. 
I've heard that before. Out of five. Uh, what a cold opener. Boom. There goes Negan's men. We had RPGs. The death of Porch Dick Jr. And Carl's Eye. Rick's <laughs> Rampage. Maybe most ever zombie kills for an episode. Maybe. Uh, this for me was the best episode to date now. Someone could just tell Abraham who Negan is. Um, and David J. Gehrig. I thought it was pretty fun. Maybe the most ridiculously unbelievable action to date. But I appreciated the badassery. Four out of five. And again, if you'd like to join the discussion, we'd love to have you. It's the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group on the Facebooks. And Aaron, I want to thank you for changing the the header picture there. It shows uh, Daryl with the RPG poised, ready to fire it. So thank you for doing that. You you know, I'm on top of these things, guys. What can I say? (laughs) Spoilers be damned for those that didn't watch in the previous 24 hours. I really wanted to get up to that uh, cover picture quickly. (laughs) <laughs> Although I guess I could have just put like Carl with no eye anymore, it really just ruined it for everybody. But <laughs> but no, the Facebook page, you know, it, it's a it's a fun group to be a part of, and so yeah, for, for sure, be just as Jim said, be sure to you know leave your Buster ratings and be sure to participate because we have a lot of fun on there. Agreed. So what else do we? Oh, one quick thing. I get I guess news, sort of news, um, but just worth. I'm sure we talked about it in the show in the past, but. Uh, trailer came out today for Daredevil Season 2, Netflix's Daredevil Season 2, which prominently featured uh, John Bernthal as the Punisher. So if you're a John Bernthal fan from The Walking Dead or from other stuff, uh, you might want to check that out because uh, it looks like to play a pretty uh, spot-on version of the Punisher. So I'm looking forward also, to it. Also, wasn't uh, they announced this week that Alicia Witt uh, was cast for The Walking Dead as well? Yes. 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 I think in an we, undisclosed role. We, we, mm. I think we were going to talk about that last episode, but we didn't. But yeah, she is. Yeah, we don't have a name for her yet, but she's definitely in it. Really, not much other news. I mean, I guess Fear of the Walking Dead, like we talked about last week, starts April 10th, so uh, there will be no break between the two. Uh, we still don't know. Does anybody know? Are we going to have an, a split season for. Fear like we do the regular. Uh, well, I'm assuming. I mean, they got a 16 episode season lined up here, so I mean, I'm assuming they're going to break it up eight and eight. But when would it? Well, I guess that just. Huh. When would it come back then? I guess if, it, if they split it up, it would come back the following April. Yeah, because Walking Dead has to come back at some point. Walking Dead will come back in October. October. So Maybe it'll run during football. Maybe so it'll run during a different months. day. Well, I mean, I know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason they go with the split season for for Walking Dead is because of the Super Bowl and football playoffs and everything right. else. They don't want to to butt up against that. So Fear doesn't really have any kind of like major event. You know, April, so if it's 16 episodes, it's four months. So April, May, June, July. Uh, There's still August and September. Maybe they can switch it to Monday like they're doing with Saul. Mm, you know, during know. the football season if they, if they split it up that way. I feel way. like that would be a lot of Walking yeah. Dead. Not not that that's necessarily yeah. a bad thing, but I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how eager everyone would be to respond to a you know a show they thought was okay um, <laughs> with the you know the show Prime and you know not get you know kind of overwhelmed by the amount of Walking Dead I content. Mean, hmm. Plus, they're about to launch Preacher, which is another you know, supernatural property based on a comic book. I can't so. wait for that one. That one looks really good. We shall see. Dominic Cooper's a that's good true, actor. but yeah, yeah. you can. That seems like a show that would follow yeah. The Walking Dead to make sure you maximize the ratings. The yeah, same, in the same way, in and the same way as the much anticipated Into the Badlands, which returns. Uh, 
Love into the band. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I may be the only one, but I loved it. Yeah, um, it was, I, I just didn't like the way they made us watch it. That's all. But we we been down the road. Been down the road. Made us. I mean, <laughs> made us. <laughs> At least the first fifteen minutes. You can watch yeah. everything on YouTube like seconds after. <laughs> that's true. You're right. Yeah, uh, that's true. But yeah, I don't. I mean, if it's four months, so we get April, May, June, July, August. So that leaves September, October, two months between the end of Fear and the beginning of season seven. So if they did a split, you know, they really only have two, you know, less about eight weeks to play with. So I guess they could they could do eight episodes, be off eight weeks, do eight and go full into The Walking Dead. But I don't know, something something tells me they're just going to go 16 and just do I, it. That would be the only way well, that makes sense, right? Because I don't <laughs> unless there's like some. Well, they do have a break in filming, though. I think they do. Do have a little bit of a mid-season break. At least The Walking Dead does. I don't know about Fear. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it Fear Fear doesn't have the same constraint that... That's what I'm getting at. Fear mm-hmm. doesn't have the same constraint that The Walking Dead does to not compete against football. I mean, there's not really anything it's competing against. I mean, summer is pretty dead for, for television in general, so it doesn't really have any you know network stuff to compete with. I guess, you know, baseball is not really... Um, you know, a big contender. If I had so, to guess, I, I mean, I, it would have to be what April would mean. It goes to what, like the beginning of June, right? Yeah, August. so eight, eight weeks, four months. No, eight. No, but no. So if it was, sorry, if it was, if it was oh, just a half four. a season, it would be, gotcha, gotcha. be eight weeks, and then they'd pick it. Yeah, it's the middle of June. Then middle so of then June. they'd stop, and then they'd pick it back up where the first season started, which was like August, right? Like mid mid August. So they have July off, and then they pick it up in exactly. August, and they lead right into the Walking Dead, which is in October. I think that, that yeah, maybe. The, I mean, that's that's the only logic I see making sense because they're not gonna like, they're not gonna raise up the Walking Dead so they can put Fear the Walking Dead in October or whatever. They're not gonna get they're going st- sixteen episodes of a show that people kind of liked the first season around. Like, I don't know if that I don't know if AMC's that stupid, honestly. <laughs> I yeah, I think they're gonna push it to Monday and, and put it up against football. I think they're gonna put it right in between the breaks. Yeah, they won't you be have... competing with football because it. Oh, you mean you think they'll pick it up once Walking Dead actually Correct. Yeah, so like November, like, yes. like oh, no, uh, beginning of that. December to February. Correct. To February. Yep, it'll be eight mm. of Fear, eight of of the Prime, eight of Fear, eight of. I think they're going to do it that way. They'll just move it to Monday to lose that football loss that they're they're afraid I guess of. So I mean, American mm. Horror Story does Maybe. that. They're on like Wednesdays throughout, like from like beginning of October all the way to January. Yep. So. And that gives us continuous Walking Dead. It just feeds the frenzy, you know, c- continuously without having them overlap. I don't think they'll put the two shows together. That's probably no, not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's a good oh. idea at all. Yeah. So they'll be holding hands. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> we know how that ended yeah. up. <laughs> we'll see. I want that plane to crash already. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to go down. <laughs> I've had enough of it. Watch. They'll, they'll make an announcement at AMC that fl- the... Th- Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462 webisode's been so successful that they decided to extend the season so pr- the new character will premiere in the second half of Fear the Walking Dead Season 2. They'll refuel. They'll cut in They'll cut in scenes from from Air Force One. Um, yeah. <laughs> to refuel yeah. again. Get off my plane. They'll flip them. Fear the Walking Dead will become the web series and, and the, the Flight 462 will be hour-long episodes. Can you imagine yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you imagine <laughs> Hour-long episodes you can are, see are f- people staring pensively at each other. For more Fear the Walking Dead, watch it on the web. But now, more Flight 462. Uh, do we have anything else? Any, anything else that we need to discuss? 
we uh, there was a trailer for the uh, the new Walking Dead game uh, from Telltale Games mm-hmm. uh, based yes. on Michonne. Yeah, it's the, the day after we recorded, they announced the release date for that Michonne uh, Telltale game that we <laughs> mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. And Although we did the... talk about it, didn't we? We did mention it a bit. We just didn't see the we trailer, did. or we didn't we didn't get specific, but we did talk about it. Right. The, tra- the trailer is the first, I believe, five or six minutes of the game. Oh, nice. So, oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. So it's a nice, a nice, uh, good, you know, vertical slice. But I mean, it's going to be a telltale game, and we, you get the. I mean, it's just, it's going to be set up like the other games, where obviously, but it'll be a solo story of Michonne. Because the other as Telltale games didn't week. have our characters really in them at all. It was their own, no, their own characters. No, same universe. Yeah, just same universe. Mm-hmm. Is this a backstory for her? I didn't watch the trailer. Is it kind of like her beginnings or her origins or what is this no, about? There's a, we, we talk, as, it's a day in the life. I'm we, kidding. I don't know. Oh, we talked okay. about it last time. It's, it's, it's With pets she, or without pets, I guess. That's the, uh, <laughs> I think it takes place between, what, comic episode 126 and 130-something? We, we mentioned it last week. It's, right. Yeah. Michonne goes away in the comic for a little while after All Out War. Oh, okay, So it's okay. it's what happens to her while she was gone and, and when she comes back. Well, that, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Telltale Walking Dead game series. It's my... Between the comic, the TV show, and the game, the game had become my, my preferred way to consume Walking Dead. So um, I'm, of course, very excited for more Telltale di- you know, diversions into the Walking Dead series. Yeah, me too. February 23rd, that's when it premieres on PC, Mac, PS4, PS3, Xbox One, and Xbox 360. Very cool. Awesome. Yes. I'm there. Hmm. So we good? Seems like it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Again, right after this, we will uh, have a little message from... Mr. Jordan, uh, so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, no one gets the clock out today. <laughs> Take care. Could you give the gate, <laughs> pal? <laughs> so now, as we promised, here's a short message from Jordan to kind of give everybody an update of what he's got going on, and we finish off with some bloopers. Hey, everybody, Jordan from Jersey here. Well, that's not exactly true. Well, I mean, I guess... Technically, I'm still from Jersey. I just won't be in Jersey for much longer. I'll keep the story short, or as much as I can. But in a nutshell, I just haven't been happy in my current life, uh, chasing the same old jobs, climbing the same ladders. And so a few weeks ago, I quit my job. Uh, I've been getting rid of all of my stuff, and in a few days, I'll be hitting the road and leaving Jersey behind. For good. I'm heading for Austin, Texas. Now, lots of kids want to grow up to be actors, and I was one of those kids, but I'm also a fairly practical person. Only a few select people actually get to act for a living, even though a lot of people try, so I never even bothered pursuing that dream. I followed other dreams, dreams that I didn't hate, but I didn't love, and I was just chasing my own silver and bronze medals in life. Well, it's one thing if you chase a lesser dream and make it, but it's a whole other thing when you chase those lesser dreams and fail repeatedly. So why chase second place in a race you don't even care about all that much? So from now on, I'm not. I'll be chasing gold. I'm running in a race I've actually dreamed about since I was a little kid. I'm moving out west to get into the arts and entertainment industry. I want to act. I want to write. I want to direct. I want to edit. I want to do all that stuff. And I'd much rather run in that race, as competitive and difficult as it is, than to continuously fail in a race that I don't really want to run in the first place. 
It's not going to be easy, believe me, I know that, but it's what I need to do. And right now, Austin seems like the place to be for that kind of work. It has a thriving arts and entertainment scene, and it's a lot cheaper to live in than Los Angeles. Plus, it's a lot closer than California. So, what does that mean for you, dear listeners? Well, it means that I'm not going to be podcasting for a while. I'd love to. Trust me, I really do love this. But it simply won't be viable for the next few months as I build a new life for myself. So, I'm leaving Walking Dead TV in the very capable hands of the rest of the guys. I'll be back, eventually. But for now, I have some very hard work to do. In the meantime, you can, of course, continue to follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey. And I'd also suggest you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash JordanFROMJersey. Whole word from there. It hasn't been updated in a while, but I do plan on documenting my travels and uploading them to my channel. There will also probably be a blog and a GoFundMe if you're interested, but just keep an eye on Twitter for those as they develop. Anyway, thank you for supporting me for all these years on uh, WDTV and on the HHWLOD podcast network in general. Please continue to support the show, and uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Maybe on this show, or maybe you'll see me on the small screen or even the big one before then. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. Directed by Mr. Nick... uh, It's going to separate the people who play first-person shooters from the people who don't. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody that liked that that Doom scene in Doom, they'll they'll you know be on board. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because we all love Doom, keep... right? We're all just over the moon about Doom. Sure, sure, man. Yeah, of course. The Rock. What's not to like? <laughs> he has the BFG and he the... misses. The new version. <laughs> That's what I remember it's about new Doom. Version. <laughs> anyway, Bethesda's coming out with a new version that just looks insane. Oh, yeah, game wise, was... sure. Yeah. Before yeah. he was franchise Viagra. Yeah. Well. Here's the thing, without spoiling anything, um, I, you know, this isn't going to be a spoiler or whatever, but knowing what I know about what happens in the comic and this part of the storyline that we have coming up with this character, that probably there's going to be a, a I can't, I'm sorry, you have to edit this, I'm sorry. You, you don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I don't want to, I'm, I'm just thinking right. it's. That was the one. Gotcha. And Mr. I could have been Wolverine. Thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Douglas Scott as General George Patton. <laughs>